All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. Welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Our expert is Walt Sukira. He is the managing partner of the AKW Group here in Akron and Fairlawn, and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. This half hour, again, we're going to talk about the stock market, how to how to play with it, how he handles his clients' money and individually owned uh, stocks and, and custom-made portfolios. And if you have any questions about that at all, call us at 330-673-1234. Dr. Walt Securip and uh, get some good information about stocks and the wise way to invest. Well, Walt, the market's like a like a veteran boxer. It seems like every time they get down on the count, there's the old referee uh, you know, doing the one, two, three, four thing. And by, by six or seven, uh, suddenly the market jumps up again like it did last week. The market has been extremely resilient, Bob, uh, for quite a long time, you know, and I think that uh, a lot of people realize that sometimes those sell-offs create buying opportunities. Uh, there are a lot of head, headwinds, a lot of risk uh, that are definitely here at this stage of the market cycle. We've, we've had an incredible market run. Um, again, you know, we, we look at the run, uh, we talk about it over and over again from you know, back when the financial crisis hit um, at the bottom there, you know, we went up over 401%. Uh, we got to the start of the pandemic, and we saw a 34% sell-off, and, and then the market's gone up another 104%. So we, we, we live in unprecedented times, um, you know, a lot of unprecedented risk, uh, as we talk about very often. We've done some things we've never done before, and the federal government, the monetary, uh, the Federal Reserve, the monetary uh, issues in our country have, have never been so different, and there's a lot of things we have to pay attention to as we go forward. But uh, last week, the market did snap back. We saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average go up 4% for the week, a 1,390-point movement upward, sitting at 17.5% year-to-date. The S&P went up 173 points, a bounce back of 3.8% for the week, and again sits at 25.5% year-to-date. The NASDAQ was up 545 points for the week, up 3.6%, and again at 21.3%. And the small mid-cap stocks came back a little bit last week, Bob. Um, these stocks are much more affected by you know economic changes and higher interest rates and things of this nature, but... We saw a 52-point rise on the Russell 2000, a 2.4% increase, and those small mid-caps sit at 12% year-to-date. So, uh, you know, a lot going on. I think the uh, Pfizer BioNTech news solidified the, the rally of the market. Um, lawmakers are moving towards raising the debt ceiling, which seems like they should and always do. 
Uh, and then some of the economic data that came in was uh, was bad, but not as bad as we thought. So I think overall there's uh, there were some pretty positive signs last week, and uh, you know Santa appeared himself again, maybe melting this market higher uh, for everybody as we end the year. We have no idea, of course, what Santa will have in his sack for the rest of the year. But we did talk about uh, the news last week that, as you say, wasn't exactly uh, bright and cheery. Uh, antis- antis- uh, inflation uh, came out, and they, in November it raised about 6.8% uh, in inflation figures, and that is a high we haven't seen since the 1980s, 39 years. Now, that's a pretty big number, and that's concern to a lot of uh, consumers. But what about the investors? Is that still a, a risk that they're considering now? It is, Bob. I mean, inflation is one of those silent killers, um, you know, of investments and progress. And as we said, it affects everybody's pocketbook. Um, It affects us at the gas pumps, at the grocery store, at the things that are most prevalent to us on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, what we see is inflation was hot, you know, at 6.8%, like you said, a 39-year high. However, it wasn't as hot as maybe everybody expected. I, I think some economists out there expected even a higher reading. I think the trend is is what's important. Um, Supply chain will start to help some of that as some of those issues in the supply chain are worked out. However, there are some pressures, you know, rents, um, the fact that, you know, uh, 30% of CPI, the consumer price index, is rents, and um, there's going to be continued pressure on rents. You know, housing is very tight out there, uh, very competitive. You know, people need places, roofs over their heads, and uh, you know, the the housing market has really bubbled. So, you know, as people look at alternative places to put roofs over their heads, they, they look at renting, and uh, those numbers are going to continue to increase. You know, is there is that more moratorium on evictions and nodding, you know, you know, a lot of uh, landlords kind of threw their hands in the in the air there for a period of time. But, uh, you know, power is going to come back to the, the landlords and the people that own properties, and people are going to pay a higher rent as we go forward, and that's going to continue to show in those numbers. And, then we also talk about the wage increases and the competitiveness of the job market. Now, you know, in the job market, we talked about that also, that the claims of uh, initial jobless reports uh, show the market is still rather tight. And uh, that, too, is a concern you just mentioned. Uh, good news, though, was the fact that uh, uh, the Omicron variant and the Pfizer and BioNTech uh, vaccines are considered to be uh, effective against that. That was good positive news about that and that potential health and economic impacts. But, uh, you know, all these things put together uh, still instill in a lot of people fear and panic. But uh, those are not investment strategies. Those are emotional reactions to, uh, to stimulus, really. They, they are, Bob. And, you know, we always tell people not to react from emotion. Um, you know, greed's a very powerful one, and we saw that this year. You know, the fear of missing out and a lot of people just, you know, wanting to get in on things. They may, may not even understood what the heck they were buying, but, you know, they, they wanted in and people chased a very speculative asset classes. And, and we know fear and panic are twice the emotion of greed. Um, it sends people to do silly, crazy things, and so we we tell people take a deep breath. Um, again, if you have a solid investment plan, you know built around the principles we always talk about: financial discipline, uh, realistic expectations, common sense, and independence of thought. Uh, you can battle through a lot of the madness of the crowds out there, and 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 really, that's probably something we're going to have to do as we look forward in the next few years. Once again, we're talking to Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. If you have any questions about the market, 
Kabaz Investing. Why don't you call us? 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron. Toll free at 800-669-4100, including on WNIR.com. Well, it's time to look at the trends and insights section of the program. Well, Walt looks throughout the week at many different things that, that he reads and things of interest to our listeners and also to the market itself that we can talk about on um, this uh, Sunday morning. Uh, a survey by Amnesty International shows that uh, uh, women, 40% of women who use Twitter more than once a day report experiencing abuse on that social media platform. Now, what, what does that all mean in the relation to, to social media and the social media stocks? I think social media, Bob, we talk about it a lot, and we know there's benefits, and we also know there's a lot of negatives. And one of the negatives is the fact that it is very easy to get inside of people's personal lives and, and, you know, abuse and, you know, inappropriate behavior is definitely prevalent out there. I mean, I was surprised at the statistic that 40% of women daily, you know, report, uh, you know, some kind of uh, inappropriate, you know, comments, uh, things being said, uh, threats, things that are happening out there on these platforms. And, and we also see a lot in teenagers, too, you know, the bullying uh, that happens uh, out there on social media platforms. Um, you know, I'm still around uh, enough young people and, and listen. And, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, it's, it's prevalent out there. So these are issues beyond, you know, just the uh, when we talk about the, you know, the truth and, you know, how we, we monitor these platforms, you know, the social fabric that these, uh, these platforms sometimes harm. Uh, really has to be considered, and I think a lot more has to be done. So uh, that's, it's just a trend that's out there, and but it, it's definitely there. Another report, this from the Global Drug Survey from 2021, uh, says that Australians are, as they say, not only down under, but down under the table. It claims Australians are the drunkest people in the world. Might. Yeah, this survey uh, shocked me. I guess uh, I'll stay away from Australia, but they say they, on average, uh, people there report 20 27.7 times a year on average uh, that they're drunk, and that's uh, different than the global average of 14.6 times per year. Uh, Denmark and Finland uh, round out the top three, so there's a lot of people out there consuming alcohol, and uh, again, sir, some of the companies that we follow, like Brown Foreman, that's the seller of Jack Daniels, that bodes very, very well. <laughs> Either that or Australia is just more honest than anybody else. <laughs> that's true. But that's, that's true, Bob. That's amazing. Go <laughs> Thankfully, f- those days are long behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Foster's Lager. We can talk it again to Walt Secure, the AKW Group. He's the managing partner there. They invest their clients' money in individually owned stock portfolios. Of uh, They make custom for the client and for anybody else who comes by and wants to invest money directly in the stock market. So if you have any questions now, it's time to open up the stock talk part of the program. We'll talk to Walt Secure about any stocks that you're interested in, specific stocks, uh, something you own, something you'd like to own, something that uh, you've heard about, uh, you know, the buzz, as they say. Call us. Talk to Walt Secure. He's here at 330-673-1234. Get on W1R.com. You can call us toll-free at 800 6694 100. So let's talk about about stocks. Uh, let's talk about Apple. Now, that is a long-term holding in your core equity portfolio. They moved up uh, almost 11% to $179 a share last week and has a market cap valuation now near $3 trillion, $2.944 trillion in capitalization. That is the biggest stock by market capitalization like like ever, man. <laughs> what is the potential for Apple to get any bigger when they're already so big? 
Yeah, Bob, that's the trouble with these companies. You know, they become their own worst enemy. You know, their success and their growth uh, starts to hamper the process that they can go forward and how much more growth they can have. So just just for perspective of the listeners out there, you know, when you got a $3 trillion stock, which is by far the, the biggest company in the history of the stock market, you know, when you think of the overall U.S. stock market, if you think of the market cap, and again, market cap is just if you take all the the shares and multiplied by the stock price. So with Apple, if you look at all the outstanding shares and you multiply by the stock price, that's how you get that $2.994 trillion you know, value. But all the stocks out there that trade in the U.S. stock market, it's about a $50 trillion market cap. So again, you're talking about Apple representing 6% of the entire market cap of U.S. stocks. And then you look at the global market cap, which is somewhere around $95 trillion, um, that would be 3% of, of the world market cap, you know, one company. Uh, so, you know, these companies become, again, they, they have a lot to prove. They have, it's harder to move the needle. You know, when you're talking about billions and billions of dollars of revenue and profits, uh, you know, little projects don't move the needle anymore, Bob. You need big, uh, transformational type of uh innovative type of products and services to really, you know, continue to make this company grow. And everybody at that company is at a, a very, you know, there's a very high expectation. And as these expectations grow, uh, the companies have to find ways to live up to them. And a lot of times that's hard to do. Now, over the years you've been doing this, uh, what are some of the other companies that uh, that were the biggest in market, market capitalization that uh, you remember? Yeah, it's interesting, Bob. You know, you just look back over time, you know, go back 10 years to 2011, uh, and you see companies like ExxonMobil was the largest company in the world. It's about a $400 billion market cap. Um, Apple did pop on the list back in 2011 around $300 billion. Um, so, again, 10 times the, the size of what they were from 2011. Uh, PetroChina was on this list. Um, you know, we see Royal Dutch uh, Shell, uh, China Mobile, you know, interesting. And then you go back 10 years, uh, you know, after that, and you go back to 2001, and you see companies like General Electric and Exxon and Walmart, you know, had a $200 billion market cap, Pfizer at about $200 billion. Uh, Johnson & Johnson was at $170 billion. So uh, different different composition, um, you know, and, and if you go back even further, you know, near the beginning of my career, back in the early 1990s, late 80s, uh, you see, I saw things like General Electric and uh, Royal Dutch Shell, Intel was at the top of the list, companies like Merck, Toyota. Uh, so lots of changes through the years, and a lot of these tech companies, because of their low debt, their high profitability and their high amount of penetration out there, value proposition, have now uh, taken the lead, you know, some of the largest and most profitable companies in the world. Let's take some calls now at 330-673-1234 for Walt Secura of the AKW Group here in Akron. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Morning, Walt. And uh, how about uh, that Hershey's, huh? <laughs> there you go, Ken. I Consumer Ken, I, I have to tell you, you always got a good one out there. Regularly. I know I used to eat my share of the Hershey's, that's, that's for sure. one of my all-time favorites there. It's been good to me over the years. What's your I've favorite candy, Ken? i about this. I'm supposed to retire the word transitory and add uh-huh. the word metaverse to my vocabulary. So uh, I, I appreciate what you said about Apple. Ever since I told you about nobody talking to me years ago at Christmas, and I went out and bought Apple. And uh, now they're calling it uh, digital gold. One writer says uh, they're they're in the metaverse, and uh, 
and they just hired or they just appointed the president of Johnson and Johnson to the board of directors uh, and they're they're getting big on this this watch that uh, medical watch so they're going to be in the medical medical uh, they're already in it but I guess they it saved somebody's life last week uh, on that medical watch thing but anyway uh, yeah it's quite quite a stock are you still uh, uh, advising people to uh, slip in there at this level or wait for a pullback we still own it. Um, if I started a new portfolio, we would take a, a position, um, and we'd probably add to it over time. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a stock. You know, like you said, when you look at the medical uh, potential wearable devices, um, they're still talking about a, a car. It might be a more of a high-end car like a Ferrari. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that Apple can do with their goodwill and their brand. And, uh, you know, the fact that so many people already bought in, you know, anything Apple that comes out, there's there's huge uh, desire and demand, you know, from the get-go. So I think they got they got a really interesting place to capitalize on, a lot of free cash flow and not a lot of debt. And, you know, so I think the company still has some, some opportunities ahead of it. Yeah, it's kind of exciting to to see what's been going on. And they... Uh, they called it digital gold, so I think I have to forget about my gold stocks. And this is going to be my new. This could be my new uh, inflation play here. And they said there it's the go. flight to there safety. <laughs> yeah, well, companies. I'll tell you, we're going to go back, you know, uh, to a time, Ken, where I think dividends and cash flow and reasonable valuation and all those things are going to matter. You know, it's. Uh, when there's no fear, you can buy anything, but when there starts to become fear, you start paying attention to real things like revenues and profits and hey, if they pay dividends and if they raise dividends and all the metrics that we pay attention to that say a company is a quality company. Okay. Well, have a good week. Thanks a lot. All right. You too, Ken. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234. Stock Talk with Walt Sakira. Call us up. Talk about interesting stocks that you found intriguing and see what Walt thinks about those. Uh, Tesla is now holding in your core equity portfolio at uh, at the AKW Group. It is showing very strong strength in China, where they uh, sold more than 50,000 Tesla cars uh, recently. Uh, so that's, even though it's China and we're not really happy with them right now, that's still significant for the investor. It, it is, and it's also interesting, you know, with the tensions you talk about, Bob, to see a company that's executing well in China. So, I mean, somehow... You know, there are a few companies out there that even though with all the kind of political uh, unrest and the, and the potential, you know, issues, geopolitical issues between the U.S. and China are still profiting and selling and creating a value proposition among the citizens of China, and the Tesla is definitely one of those. And, uh, yeah, they sold over 50,000 vehicles, 52,859, uh, making a lot of those vehicles in China, and uh, you know, they they stopped taking uh, international orders for the time being on the Model S and Model X, and uh, they're forecasting in China uh, 2.4 million cars in 2021 that will be energy vehicles. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of positive trends, and Tesla's definitely taken advantage of a lot of them. Costco is another holding in your core equity portfolio. They reported earnings last week that beat their expectations. And one of the most powerful, the so-called big-box retailers, brick-and-mortar retailers. What are the thoughts about Costco's results and, and your outlook for the company? Yeah, this company's just strong, Bob. I mean, if you go there any weekend, you just see the strength. All you got to do is sit in the parking lot for about a half hour and count cars and look at carts of, you know, people filling up their vehicles. And, uh, you know, 815 stores worldwide out there. Their membership program is, is very powerful. 
Uh, their earnings were strong. They had 17% uh, sales increase uh, for the quarter, 62.7 billion over 53.4 billion uh, for the latest quarter, and their earnings were up 7%, which is strong for a big retailer like this in this environment. Uh, they did a really good job uh, battling their own inflationary issues, and uh, you know talked about that on the call, and you know a lot of productivity gains and. Set up long term, I think, for a very strong, uh, you know, five to seven year haul. So we we like Costco, we like the execution, we like the management, um, and and the company is definitely one we'll keep in that core equity portfolio. Lululemon, another stock in your diversity women's leadership portfolio, also reported their earnings last week. How are they doing? You know, Bob, they they did well. I mean, when you look at the report, it was powerful. You know, sales were up thirty percent. They did one point four a billion over. $1.1 billion. It's a 30% increase for the quarter, a 40% earnings increase, $1.62 over $1.16 for the quarter compared to the quarter of last year. So valuation is still, you know, at a premium. I mean, they trade expensively because of that growth and because of the potential of the company. I think one of the, the potential negatives or maybe where the market's starting to kind of raise their eyebrows was this mirror offering. Um, just like Peloton, they showed weakness in this uh, stay-at-home exercise offering they have, the Mirror. Uh, they lowered their guidance pretty dramatically. They cut it about in half. They thought they could do 250 to $275 million in revenue. They're going to be at 125 to 130 for the year based on their new estimates, and that takes away one of the growth uh, stories that that Lululemon had, um, you know, especially coming through the pandemic. But I think a big one that's there that they also touched on, which people underestimate, is the international growth potential of this of this company. Um, they have a lot of international opportunities. Uh, they grew up here more as a U.S. company, and I think they can extend this brand uh, globally. So it'll be very interesting to see the execution of Lululemon is good leadership at the company, and again, one that we still believe in and will continue to hold in that uh, women's leadership portfolio. Now, that diversity women's leadership portfolio that originally was called the Empowering Women Portfolio Strategy, uh, tell us about why a stock qualifies for that. What, what do you see, have to see in that issue to put it in that portfolio? Yeah, so we still look for financial power, uh, like we do with all our companies, and we still look for attractive valuation. Those don't go away. Every stock we ha- we have runs through those screens, and we want economic reality. We want fair valuation. And we don't want to be, you know, paying excessively for a company that uh, you know that doesn't uh, doesn't offer that potential upside. But then we run another screen, and it's it's a screen that takes time, and we got to kind of vet it through. We look at. You know, these companies that are included on these lists that have strong diversity programs and have recognized the importance of women in leadership positions. Uh, often they have women in the, in the C-suite, CEOs, CFOs, uh, CMOs, you know, some type of CIOs, people at the top, uh, much more women represented on the board of directors, you know, that come in, that can help guide and set proper guidance uh, for, for other issues the company faces. And Maybe even you know more women in, in uh, middle management uh, in tech roles, uh, creating you know the proper programs to train women for what traditionally have been very male-dominated roles within companies, and and recognizing the balance wins. You know, not not to try to flip it to the other side, but try to say you know we we got to get this to equality, and equality creates a better workplace. It creates happy employees. It creates people that feel they all have a chance to be heard and contribute. And when you do that in companies, a lot of times you create winning environments and 
you know, winning employees work harder and they, they create more value for shareholders. And that's the story that uh, we like to see. Another stock that was made made some news last week, GameStop. GameStop uh, was as much as $483 a share earlier this year. Now it's down 13% to only $159 a share. What happened with GameStop? <laughs> well, the meme stocks, uh, you know, lost their meme, I guess, right? I mean, that's, uh, there was a lot of speculation and a lot of odd trading activity going on with these companies, Uh but, you know, the stock's come back to some reality. It's trading more on the fundamentals of, of what it does. Um, and, again, it's, it's, a, it's a decent retailer out there, Bob, but, you know, in a, in a very competitive space. Uh, we did see some revenue growth for the quarter, strong revenue growth, but earnings were at negatives. And, I mean, they're, they're struggling. They're, they're not creating profitability. And when you don't have profitability, you, you start having issues that really permeate throughout the company and, uh, you can't run a company at negatives. You know, you get you got to have profitability to be able to pay creditors, to be able to you know enhance opportunities and grow. Uh, so it's a company that's come back from those lofty highs uh, to to more reality at the current price. Now, home builder and home furnishing stocks also continue to show strength. Does home building and these home stocks have a solid outlook for 2022 for you? They really do, Bob. I mean, there's such a supply-demand issue out there. And, I mean, even though the real estate market may have gotten ahead of itself in some areas, I think, you know, the the return to the importance of home and, uh, you know, what people are willing to trade up, you know, type of situation where people are spending more for a little bit more amenities in their houses um, is definitely a trend that we'll probably continue to see uh, as we go forward. Uh, there was a really good article in Barron's uh, last week that talked about the housing boom and how they look at for it to continue for the next decade. It was a very good read. So uh, there's a lot out there to, to think about. But, again, we like, we like the home stocks here as we look over the next few years. Just in light of the uh, tragedy in, uh, across Kentucky and the other states uh, over the weekend, the tornado, there's going to be another big demand for building materials in another major disaster part of the country. Is that going to have a negative impact on the on the general home building industry as a, as the cost of these materials is going to have to go up since there's going to be so much demand for them? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressures. So again, that just creates, as you said, the rebuild is, is expensive and uh, the demand for the rebuild will be high. And that's yeah, devastating to see, Bob. I mean, absolutely. I you know, sat there with mouth dropped open yesterday watching some of the visuals and uh, the way people's lives were affected out there, you know, a lot of thoughts and prayers going out to, to everybody that went through that. But, yes, from an investment perspective, definitely something to think about. And, you know, I think companies that have created their supply chains and bought ahead and, you know, a lot of these companies do, they do forward orders and they're in good positions for the building over the next six to nine months, a year. Uh, those companies will probably be very prosperous as we go forward. And, of course, remember that the AKW Group here in Akron and Pennsylvania are also members of the Robert W. Baird Company, worldwide organization that gives you access to all kinds of help in uh, any, any number of areas, including estate planning, tax planning, uh, uh, Social Security planning, retirement planning, and more. And as, of course, the year comes to a close, as these issues become uh, uh, important to a lot of folks. You can get a lot of help from that, from the AKW Group. And also, as the year comes to a close, uh, Walters, any news from the AKW Group as we approach the year's end? Well, Bob, our group has had a great year, and really proud of everybody there and all the efforts that we put forward You know, every week. I think our clients have been 
Wall Street, a lot of pro- positive progress. And But we know this is the ultimate what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. So uh, we're working hard to firm up plans for next year, as well as offerings uh, that will be out there, you know, as far as educational and communication-wise uh, in the community, doing a little bit more as far as public appearances and speaking engagements. So uh, just, just a lot of excitement as we look forward. Um, Again, we do a reminder, everybody, make sure those required minimum distributions are completed for the year. Don't don't get hit with those penalties by Uncle Sam. And, of course, a shout-out to Sue Marshall and the AKW Group of Washington, Pennsylvania office outside of Pittsburgh there that are also part of the group and, and doing quite well at 412-480-5090 in Pennsylvania. And, of course, here in Akron, the number 234-466-7476 is the local number to call for the AKW Group. So, Walt, what about next week? What will Santa Claus have for us? <laughs> some earnings reports, Bob. Adobe reports next week for us, Darden Restaurants, and then we got some economic data and continue to work hard as we always do. Well, the story continues to unfold. Even better than your favorite soap opera is the market. So watch it carefully next week. Listen again next Sunday for Walt Sakira from the AKW Group. And if you want to call him during the week to invest your money, 234-466-7476. Tell him we heard him on WNR Ken Akron. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Adobe Systems Inc., symbol ADBE. BioNTech SE, symbol BNTX. Brown Foreman Corporation, symbol BFB. Costco Wholesale Corporation, symbol COST. Darden Restaurants, Inc., symbol DRI. General Electric, symbol GE. GameStop Corporation, symbol GME. Hershey Company, symbol HSY. Intel Corporation, symbol INTC. Johnson & Johnson, symbol JNJ. Lululemon Athletica, Inc., symbol LULU. Merkin Company, Inc., symbol MRK. Peloton Interactive, Inc., symbol PTON. PetroChina Company, LTD, symbol PTR. Pfizer, Inc., symbol PFE. Royal Dutch Shell, PLC, symbol RDSA. Tesla, Inc., symbol TSLA. Toyota Motor Corporation, symbol TM. Twitter, Inc., symbol TWTR. Walmart Inc., symbol WMT, and Exxon Mobil Corporation, symbol XOM. Please note that Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated makes a market in all the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Peloton Interactive Inc., symbol PTON, in the past 12 months.